You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to Guys Who Like Musicals. Welcome to Guys Who Like Musicals. We just found out that I'm actually neighbors with our guest. <laughs> um, so, so now we're, we need to, we need to nerd out about Levain cookies. Um, let's please, let's, please let's do that. <laughs> um, well, we're very, very excited, uh, to have Derek Baskin with us today. Otis Williams from ain't too proud. The Tony nominated Derek Baskin is with us today. Thank you so much for letting us bug you. Oh, you're not bugging me at all, man. I'm happy to talk with you and, and happy to meet you. And we have to meet over at Levain, man. We have to now. I know. I know. It's very, it's, it's just, it's deadly. I was just saying before we jumped on that the Levain Bakery on Frederick Douglass and 117th is right on my way to the subway. And, uh, I have, it, it, it's deadly on a daily basis. Cause the coffee, it's like an excuse to get coffee. You walk past it and you're like, I'm just going to get a coffee. Yeah. Yeah. And then Two cookies later and cookie for my, breakfast. My, that's none, it. None of my none of my clothes fit. So But the thing you know, is you have to get two cookies. That's, right. that's the thing. You cannot get <laughs> <Nope>. one. <laughs> one for now and one for later. Exactly. Yes. And but and for me, I have to get two flavors. So like mm-hmm. uh, give me the chocolate chip, plain, and sometimes I want the chocolate chip with walnut in it. Mm-hmm. But give me the chocolate and chocolate. And then I think they had they had this like jelly donut at one point that yep. I really like on Sundays, but only yep. on Sundays. Yeah, yeah. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. Then they have loaves. They have like a ch- they have like loaves of like lemon loaf and coffee it's cake. Ridiculous. And this this episode is brought to you by Levain Bakery. Um, <laughs> I wish. Uh, yes. I, gosh, yes. Yeah, sir. I wish. I'm gonna tell them. I'm gonna walk down there. And be like, hey, yeah. yeah, exactly. So an actor is saying his lines, yeah. and then out of nowhere, he just starts singing. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply my gosh, thank you for for being here. Uh, we're we're so we are huge fans of yours and fans of of everything that you've done. We have a bunch of questions to just like basically figure out how you did it, how you're doing it. Um, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, one of the things that we we love we'd love to promote on this show because we got a lot of like young young actors and actors and people who love actors. Um, that you were a biology major in college. Yeah, man. Uh, it's a lifetime so, ago. So, I, what I, happened? I, I, I'm still trying to answer that question. If I'm very honest with you, uh, 
You know, I just, I, my father uh, was in the military. He's retired now, but he was in the Air Force. So I bounced around a lot. Our whole family bounced around a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess half the time that I was living with him before I graduated college, um, you know, I was out of the country. And so like things like theater and Broadway, they just, it wasn't on my, res, uh, my radar. Mm -hmm. And I, I it, honestly, I've always been into music, but theater is a whole different thing. And I, I had seen, you know, pieces of theater, but it was never like, oh, I want to do that. You know, I kind of honestly just fell into it. So I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be like a family practitioner and like, you know, mm -hmm. settle in a small town and be someone's whole family, like their doctor and watch the kids, like birth the kids and then raise the kids with the family. Like, mm -hmm. I, like that's romanticized uh, version of a family doctor was what I had in my, in my head. Um, and I, yeah, I went to school for it and I, I love science. I'm a geek that way. I, I love science and chemistry and physics and uh, anatomy and physiology, like all that stuff just turns my brain on. And yeah, I, I was like, yeah, that's what I'll do. <laughs> and so I was, I had taken my, um, my MCATs, uh, this is medical school test you take to get into medical school. And, uh, I was applying to medical schools and graduate schools. And, you know, I had the fortunate, a fortunate conversation with my grandfather. I was living with him at the time. And he was like, uh, you know, uh, I was working at TGI Fridays in St. Louis at the time. And, he was like, you got to find something to do with your life. You can't just be waiting tables. And I was like, okay, okay, I hear you. As and, you're applying to med school? You're applying to med yeah. school? Yeah, he's like, he's okay. So, I mean, I would yeah. think... Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a different generation, right, right? Right, right? So, like, you know, my grandfather, he's a wonderful man. He was a, um, a security guard for the post office. Mm. And so he's like, you know, you need hard work and, like, you know, all that stuff. So he was like, I, at one point... He wanted me to be like a janitor because it's good hard work. And I was like, Paul, Paul. I call him Paul, Paul. I was like, Paul, Paul. <laughs> I'm not cleaning nobody's toilets. Like, I don't want to clean my own toilet. And there's nothing against that. Like, right. mm -hmm. my grandmother, she was a cleaner. She cleaned high schools. Mm. Um, and when I was really, really young, I would go with her and sit in the cafeteria while she would go and clean the high school. So there's nothing wrong with that at all. But I wasn't cleaning anyone's toilet. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so he was like, I, you know, figure out what you want in your life and what you want to do. And, and then he went to work. He used to work the graveyard shift. Mm -hmm. And um, so when he left, I was sitting in my room and it's kind of like you, you separate yourself from yourself, right? So you're having a conversation with yourself. And uh, I just began to ask myself, you know, here's what we are. And Here's what you're doing. Is there anything else kind of that you want to do? Because once medical school or graduate school happens, um, you know, that's it. And I didn't want to, I, I pride myself in not having regrets kind of in life. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just didn't want to have a regret. And I said, what is it that you love? What is it that you really want to do? And I was like, I think I want to sing. Um, I think I would like to make an album. I think I would like to sing jingles in a commercial. Because um, I love commercials. I love, I got all kinds of, back in the day, like in the 90s, you had like Maxwell House commercials mm -hmm. and McDonald's mm -hmm. commercials were good. The Coke commercials were good. So I was like, I want to do that. And I was like, well, you cannot do that here in St. Louis. Right. Um, so where do you need to go? And I'm literally just talking to myself. And I was like, uh, New York. 
<laughs> I was like, okay, okay. So this is uh I'm aging myself. So this is the this is the late, 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 late 90s. Mm-hmm. And um uh you know, I was I had a phone book. <laughs> so I'm making calls to like airlines and um calling trying to get prices and i i think i flew on continental um this this issue was also brought by continental (laughs) (laughs) and i i i got a i got on the phone this guy and i said um hey i want to get a one-way trip ticket to new york and he was just like well okay but you know it's cheaper if you get a round trip ticket mm-hmm. and i was like no i want a one way ticket he was like okay he i feel like he heard like yeah. this determination in my voice right right so he was like let me see if i can find you a deal yeah. and he's sitting on the other like, end going like i want a one way ticket to new york <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly right. and who knows where he was i wonder right. where he was when i called so, uh, you know, I'm on the plane. I get off the plane. I'm following everyone because I really don't know. I truly, truly don't know how to get to New York. I know I'm in New Jersey. And so I, I just follow everyone to baggage claim. And uh, I befriend this woman. She had two younger sons. And I was just like, hi, you know, we just started talking or whatever. And she's like, oh, whatever. And then she was like, okay. <laughs> I really, she, like, she was like, okay, that's enough. You're a little bit creepy. Because I think I remember asking her, like, how are you getting to New York? And I think she's like, no, I have a car or whatever. And I, my dumbass was just like, maybe I can get in the car with you. <laughs> so she got her back <laughs> off and I understood. She's like, I don't know you, strange young man. Um, but like everyone was um, right. kind of gravitating in a certain direction. So I just followed everyone and I get to this bus counter. And uh, so finally, when it's my turn, I say, hi, I need to <laughs> just bright eyed and bushy tailed. And I was just like, hi, I, I want to <laughs> go to New York. And it was a lady and she was over it. Like, I feel like she was like the end of her shift or something. And she was just like, OK, where? And I was like, Manhattan. <laughs> and she was like. <laughs> <laughs> she's like okay where manhattan and i didn't know i truly didn't know uh-huh. honest to goodness and i was like what are my options and she was just like oh my god like not at this hour <laughs> and so she's like she's right, naming right, she's like right. george wash george, uh, george washington bridge uh penn station grand central station and there's like two other that she that she mentioned and i was like okay center central grand central i was like i'll go to grand central station and she was just like she like really looked at me like you cannot be serious but i didn't i didn't know where to go i didn't i had no plan you didn't have a a plan for where you were gonna stay no not at all you were just like i'm on my way to new york i just came man and i i just like (laughs) i i okay so i had i was like you know it's your first night in new york i was like i'll live it up and like sure get a nice hotel room for like, mm-hmm. I'll spend a lot of money in Manhattan. It's like, that's a hundred bucks tonight. That's what I'll spend. <laughs> that was like my thing. I was like, celebrate New York. It's gonna be a hundred bucks. And so I get to this counter in New York and I was like, hey, I need a place to stay. And I'm looking and she goes, how much are you looking to spend? And I was like, huh? She's like, you're, <laughs> like she's like, you're not <laughs> at all ever going to get a hotel room for a hundred bucks in Manhattan. And I was like, okay, but she's like, there's a YMCA down the street. 
Now, I know about YMCA because when I lived in St. Louis and I was working at TGI Fridays, I would walk to work from where my grandfather lived. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know, half hour, 45 minute walk. And I would walk past the YMCA every day. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. And it's cheap there. It's like $15 a night, I want to say. That's how much it was in St. Louis. And so um, I was like, cool, I'm going to go get a room. Can I leave my stuff here with you? And she was just like, uh, <laughs> you want to leave all of your belongings with me? I was like, yeah, I'll be right back. She was like, oh, honey. Like she literally was like, <laughs> she was like, my God, oh my goodness. I was so trusting. She was like, she was like, okay. She goes, I will watch it for you. And I was like, great, thanks. <laughs> I run oh down the street, God. it's 42nd Street. And I go up to, I want to say it's 47th. It was 47th and 3rd. It's still there. And um, I go there and I was like, hey, I need a room. They were like, we're packed. And I was like, then I started to freak out. Cause I was just mm. like, okay, so mm. I don't have a place to stay and I don't have anywhere to go. I'm just getting here. And so she was like, all right, come back, come back later. And uh, you know, we'll see what happens. And so later I came back and they had a room for me. And so that was my first mm. like New York living quarters. And I stayed for, there for like three weeks. Wow. oh my god so how do you get from i arrive in new york and don't know anybody to how long was it before you were getting ready to be mitch mahoney Uh, huh all right i mean how did you get from kid who arrived i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna truncate this story for you originating a huge right right i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you the cliff notes on this so i got transferred from tgi fridays st louis to tgi fridays in in midtown and yes, Times Square. Got, I got to Times Square. Go. You got to get a yes. job. And the so job's number one. My new friends, what I didn't know is like, you know, a lot of waiters here are aspiring artists. I didn't know that. I want to be a doctor still, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, my new friends and they're auditioning for stuff. And so I went to this open call um, for uh, rent. And it was like, mm-hmm. you know, the tail end right before, uh, yeah, the tail end before they closed. And, um, I kept getting callbacks for like this show that I had never seen. (laughs) And I went to the audition and they like put my audition on the news that night. And I lied to my boss and he didn't think I was, I was like, I'm, I don't know, I'm sick or something. And I ended up going to this audition and then they saw me that night on TV. And I was like, Oh, that's where I was. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. They were just like, like the news was just there covering the open. They were covering rent. Yeah. Yeah. It was like ABC nightly news. And and they were just covering the big, big open call audition for rent. Um, And so uh, I kept getting callbacks. And then I've eventually said, you don't even know what you're auditioning for. (laughs) So like, maybe go see it. (laughs) And so like, I won the lottery one night and I, uh, Rent was my first Broadway show I ever saw. And I, so I saw, I'm sitting in the front row and I'm looking at these kids doing the thing. And I'm like, oh, oh, I can do that. I said, I can do that. I said, okay. So then I began to like, kind of manifest or plan that, right? And so um, I was like, well, you can't just get up there, right? So I was like, you have to act a little bit. <laughs> so I in, um, I went to backstage uh, publication for actors and 
I took, uh, I audited an improv class that was on, I want to say between 39th and 40th Street on 8th Avenue. Now it's a barber mm-hmm. shop. <laughs> it's a barber shop now, but it used to be a black box <laughs> theater. And this man, oh God, what was his name? Oh, I wish I remembered. Um, uh, he was offering a class. And I, in that class, I met this girl who uh, I was telling her how I was working at TGI Fridays and I didn't like it. She says, well, if you come with me, my friend books cater. He's a cater waiter, but he's a booker for them. So I go with her Mm. to work and I get a job there where I meet this other girl and this other girl, it's always a girl. And so this is other girl and she had a national (laughs) Dunkin' Donuts commercial. And I was like, yo, I was like, I saw you on TV. Like, how did you get that job? And how do you, how did you do that? She goes, my agent. And I didn't know anything about agents. I didn't know anything about acting. And, and she was like, do you want, would you like to meet her? And I was like, sure. She sets up a meeting with her agent for me. Now I'm, I don't know anything about anything. And so the agent's like, sure, I'll meet with them. I, I get a passport picture. I blow it up. I have no credits. Um, I make up a resume. Uh, I meet with her. I sing for her. And she's like, okay, this resume is obviously not real. <laughs> <laughs> this resume is obviously not real, but you have something. And, and so she's like, and I, I will work wow. with you. And, and I was like, cool, thank you. And she got me spelling bee. She got me my first uh, job. My first, actually, she got me my first, she got me my first and my third um, Broadway show. Um, the the so I did Memphis oh on Broadway. God. That one was supposed to be my first Broadway show. And that one just got put on the shelf for a while. And while that got put on the shelf, mm. Spelling Bee came through. Um, uh, mm. And so she is the one that got me those jobs. Yeah. And it's just honestly, like for me, um, just kind of how I live my life and how I'm still living it kind of more authentically now. It's like um, if a door opens, that's the door I walk through. Um, and there has mm. just been a series of doors that have opened for me. And uh, I've been very fortunate and very blessed. Yeah. That's really interesting. That's one of the, that is <laughs> unbelievable story. Like in the coolest way. I just had one question about then, like, did you continue to train? I mean, obviously you were a singer for a long time, but did you take any more acting classes or did you just yeah. kind of learn on the job? Um, so for me, um, uh, a lot of my experience is on a job. You know, a lot of my experience is just throw, just throw me in the fire. Um, uh, when I first, after, uh, um, after my, after I saw rent, I went to Barnes and Noble and it's a Barnes and Nobles, Barnes and Noble. I think it's Barnes and Noble. I don't think it's Nobles. Barnes, yeah, Barnes and Noble. I went to Barnes and Noble and, uh, I would sit on the floor and just read books on acting. I would just pick a, pick a book and I was like, all right, this is what we're reading today. And I would just, I would spend, I would spend hours there. And when I wasn't working, which was often because I was a, a waiter <laughs> at this point. And, and so right. I would just sit on the floor right. and kind of just read books on acting. Um, and then when I got my equity card, which was uh, I did a theater works job, kids theater. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon mm-hmm. as that happened, just I was always one of the people with the least amount of experience. So I would just watch and I would say, OK, you can do that. OK, actually. 
don't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was, it was a lot, a lot of right, 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 right. And I don't know. I would, I would learn a lot. I learned a lot in summer stock and I, I did my first summer stock gig was in a Western playhouse in Western Vermont. Oh, and yeah. I did, um, I did ragtime there one year mm. and uh, I remember just always standing in the wings watching uh, what's her name. I think her name is Sue Hafner. Um, she's um, just an actress. She she played mother, mm. and she had this simplistic acting, and I was riveted because she wasn't doing so much. She was very very still, mm-hmm. and and I would every night I would just study her, and I eventually told her I was like thank you so much for just allowing me to watch you and learn how to be on a stage and, and fill it with your stillness. And I have a few moments where it, just throughout my career where I would watch someone and I'm like, you're, you're brilliant. <laughs> and I'm just going to watch you and I'm going to learn. So a lot of my, my education, it, it just comes from just throwing me in the fire and just figuring it out as I go. Wow. That's amazing. I think yeah. there's something also to what you said about how um, you kind of wait till a door opens and then you walk through it, but you clearly have some sense of of having control over what you want as well, because you're putting yourself out there like you decided to move to New York. You sure. push yourself to get this audition for this agent. So you've kind of like negotiated all of those things to get to where you are, which I think that kind of balance is tricky to figure out for yourself because you don't want to force yourself into rooms, but you still have to put yourself out there to some extent and you seem to have negotiated that pretty well it's a hard it's a it's a that i'm glad you said something like that because i think that's the kind of lesson that i'm learning now in life um is when to push and when not to push right um when to kind of allow things to happen for you and when do you need to make things happen um uh and that's a very important lesson i think as artists and as actors to learn um, is when to do that. I think, I think sometimes I'm in the minority, um, when it comes to pushing, because I'm not a person that really, really pushes hard. Mm. Um, I'm a person that just really allows life to kind of come at me and then to respond to that. Um, other people, you know, they'll tell you, you, you need to, you know, do your mailings and, you know, do a, a bunch of readings and, you need, you got you got to meet this person. You got to meet that person. And there's truth to that. I can't say there's not truth to that, but the metaphysical part of it is kind of, if you allow it, uh, I'm a Christian and I believe mm-hmm. in God. And if, if you believe that God has a plan for you, then what's for you is not going to pass you by. There does, it, it does require you to do some work. Like I did need to study acting to mm-hmm. be an actor, right? right. <laughs> right. Like let, let's be clear about that, you know, but like for me, the things that have come to me, there's nothing that I did specifically that I said, I did this and then I got this job. I can't, I can't say right. there's something that I did. Like I, things just literally, because I allowed them to happen, they happen. Um, right. And I didn't have kind of my own agenda. And I'm kind of learning now to kind of get out of my way now. Um, just because of where I'm at now, I'm wanting to kind of move more into like film and television. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had some great experiences with film and television, um, but I'm wanting more. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. I'm, I'm, but I'm also saying, but, you know, mm-hmm. m- don't push so hard that you miss a blessing in theater. Right. Like, right, right, right. And right. so it's like, just allow 
It's like you, it's a push and a pull that you kind of have to learn. You're not always going to get it right. You're not, you're just not going to. And just when you don't get it right, you pick, you get up and you learn from that. Yeah. Wow. It's just, I, I love that. And, and especially with TV stuff too, because Dan and I both, you know, would love to do more television that like, there feels like there's even more out of your control in the TV and film world. So you like, you'll be better almost if you just sit back and say, Hey, here's my work. Here's what I'm doing. You know, if you want it today, great. If you don't, yeah. I mean, it's easy, easier said than done, certainly. Yeah. Right. I mean, listen, you know, me and you, we have the same reps, right? We have really good reps. And I, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've been putting in some brilliant auditions. <laughs> I mean, I'm I've sure been knocking them out. I have really been knocking them out and I have not booked. And I have to actually be okay with that saying, because I am doing the work, right? Mm -hmm. And I have to believe that, you know, that project, that one project that has my name on it will come to me, right? Mm -hmm. And not to get discouraged um, uh, when you have these brilliant auditions and you don't get them or you get these brilliant auditions. And one time I got, I had two auditions, they both came back to back and then I, both of them were like, we like him. We're going to put a pin in him. And mm-hmm. I was like, yes, this is it. And then, uh, <laughs> then it didn't happen. Then it yep. wasn't it. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and you learn to kind of ebb and flow like uh, in life uh, with your career when it comes to kind of like just allowing that film and television to kind of come to you. Because again, you know, I could be too light skin. I could be too dark skin. My voice could be too high. It could be not high enough. I could, mm-hmm. you know, not be... Uh, depending on the character, like not effeminate enough. I can be too masculine. You, I, it, it's just so many different factors. Um, the the other actor who got it might have worked with a director before. Uh, mm-hmm. I can be too tall, too short. I can be too anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so yeah. it really is out of your control. Um, but if you come, I'm learning to come at these auditions with like, um, uh, uh, like a, as if I'm learning still, right? And right, so it's right. just like, you know, all right, well, what are we going to learn now? What are we going to learn today? Right, Let's right. practice on memorizing stuff, you know? Sure. And and so like, all right, great. I get to memorize this. I had this thing. It was like an eight-page yep. essential monologue. And I was like, you shouldn't ask anyone to do this, <laughs> but okay, let's do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah, it really is about kind of just releasing and just trying to find the gratitude in it because it's just, film and television is a crapshoot. Absolutely. Yeah. Because also, you know, nobody wants to be in a room that, that you're not meant to be in. And so forcing yeah. yourself, forcing the issue and is not going to help. So you just got to let yourself give over to it. That's exactly right. Because also what you don't want to be is you don't want to be in a place you're not supposed to be in. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so exactly. like that's conversely, exactly. you want to be where you should be, but you shouldn't want to be where you should not be. Right. Um, I yeah, think yeah, you, you mentioned that in another interview, you said something about then you're doing a job that you're mad about for a long time. You know, oh, you, something God, happens yeah. and then you're doing a whole, you're in a thing for a year and you don't want to be there because you don't feel respected or whatever it is, whether it's interpersonal or not, that's just not a good experience either. So you have to kind of give yourself At over to it. Oh, and I yeah. have absolutely been there. Same, same, same. Yeah, same, <laughs> same. I have been there just doing a show jaded. Yep. Just jaded. And you're not happy. It's like, yep. just go, just leave. Yep. Yeah. Because there's so, you know, so many people who would love to be there. Completely. Yeah. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We would love to do a deep dive into Ain't Too Proud, sort of how you ended up there, how you ended up uh, in your Tony nominated role. A little okay. bit about that experience for you. We'd like to do a big deep dive. You're just unbelievable in that show. Yeah. I, you were so. You have this quality, just like for two seconds. Sorry, Dan, that was a really eloquent question, but just for two seconds, like <laughs> you, when you're on stage, I remember like it was one of the, I think it was the first time that I had seen you on stage was Ain't Too Proud. And you can't, I, I watched you the whole time. It was like this, you have a tractor beam around yeah. you, like a light around oh. you that is just like, you're like, that guy's a star. Like, who is that? I can't, all I want, I just couldn't take my eyes off you the whole time. It was unbelievable. You're unbelievable. That show was so special. Um, and I just, anyway, that's no question. There was no question in there. There was just, I was, I was I, waiting. I, I, I was waiting I, for the question. <laughs> no question. No question. No question. I want to, I want to respond to you because it's, 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 uh, getting a little bit personal. It's, it's, it's encouraging to hear that. Right. Because it's, um, that particular character is a character that's, you know, he's literally carrying an entire show on his shoulders. Right. But at the same yeah. time, he's telling you, look over there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. Right. <laughs> here's the story. The story is this. And it's, it's I I would all often wonder, like, people even paying me any attention while I'm saying these words. <laughs> right. And right. so I'm great. I'm very, I'm really grateful to you to actually hear that. So thank you, honestly, for those words. You're very, very encouraging to me. Thank you. Absolutely. And when it is like, there's, there's something about like the, the central character where like, you know, you got the, there's like the base, the base is funny. And then there's like the, there, there's dudes, you know, like, um, was it Ephraim doing yeah. the, doing the splits and you know, yeah, spin it to, you're like, there's all this yeah. stuff happening. And meanwhile, yeah. like you're the heart and soul of the, of the show. You're the heart and the soul of the show. And it was just so yeah. special. Um, but yeah, we'd love I, to know how you, how it came about and, and the development of it. I know it was in development for a long time. How did you, yeah, that show had a really interesting trajectory for people who don't know quickly. And Derek will probably cover this. Like you had this big successful, national tour essentially like these three regional theater gigs and yeah. we were all looking at it from the outside being like wow this is going to be something special whenever you see the show that's going to berkeley rep you know it's probably going to be good and then to yeah. see that you had these other theaters too and everybody loved it at what, what what point in the development did you join and and how how was that process for you I joined right at the top. So um, Dominique Morisot, who wrote the book, uh, this was her first Broadway musical she ever wrote. She's written mm -hmm. a bunch of brilliant plays. She's from Detroit. Um, so she knows Detroit. She loves Detroit. And this is a love letter to Detroit. Um, totally. She, at one point, did a table read with her friends 
Um, but none of those were like singers, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and so then we had to do a table read with actual people who can actually play the parts, right? And so I joined then, and that was January 2017. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I can't remember when the first informal table read happened. Um, but January 2017 is when we did our first table read. Uh, uh, everyone wasn't attached to it at that point. Um, I think I, myself, oh, might have just been me. As far as the five that you see on, or that you saw on the, on the Tony Awards, I think it might have yeah. just been me at the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> it was just, no no that's not true james harkness was there yeah he plays paul but the other three guys were not attached at the time and um uh then we started a seven-week workshop uh in february so february and march essentially to the beginning of april and that siren is me <laughs> it's passing um and so we did that uh, for seven weeks. And it's so funny because usually with workshops and we've all done them, it's like, you know, you're sitting at a table, there's a music stand and you know, whatever. And so I'm thinking like, it's so funny because when I got the part, so when I auditioned for the part, I was, uh, in a, a workshop of another musical that was headed to Broadway. And this part was significantly smaller, but it was a good feature. I won't say the name of it because it wasn't good. <laughs> but our agent, Ben, was like, Derek, there is this musical happening. Uh, they would love to see you. I know you're trying to get out of musicals. This is an, an opportunity for people to see you in a different light, in a different right, way. Right. And I was like, so Ben. At, at that time, uh, you were actively trying to trying to pursue TV and film more or pursue plays yeah, more or something? Yeah, because you were finished, on Difficult People at that point, right? Not only on. We were in like season two or season three at right, that point. Right. And so, yeah, I think I was, yeah, season three happened in 2017. So I was I was in the middle of Difficult People. And um, yeah, I was like, Ben. I'm, I'm a serious like, regular, Ben. I am, all right? You see me in all these episodes on this TV show, man. I ain't trying to do eight shows a week anymore. And he was like, I know, Derek. And Ben, I'm telling you, Ben is, ben is patient with me. He really is. He was like, I know, Derek. I know, I know. But this role is different. And this role, it will be a challenge for you. And you told me you wanted a challenge. And I was like, fine. And so I take the... um, I. I you know, take the audition. I'm looking at the material. It's like eight monologues. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And right. I was in the middle of this workshop or this other musical, which I was fine to do. I was just like, yeah, I got two little songs. I can sing a high note here. This is funny. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you get a little feature and you're done. And I was just like, all right, let's, let's buckle down. So I auditioned for it. And I had worked with Sergio Trujillo in uh, the show, a show called Memphis on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Uh, the musical director also came from Memphis, but no one else, I hadn't worked with anyone else. Dominique didn't know me, the producers didn't know me, and Des knew who I was, um, just because he keeps his eye everywhere and he's a mm-hmm. director. And so so I had to kind of prove myself. And also, you have to prove yourself that you can carry a show. Right. And uh, I was like, all right. So I get in there, I do all eight monologues. And then he was like, I need to go back. <laughs> I need to take you, Des, like, I need to take you back. and to this first monologue and I was like Des and I literally did that in the audition I was like yeah I said it's a lot of words man and as soon as I said that 
the whole room fell out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what booked it. But yeah. it was like, he, I was like, there's a lot of words, man. He just started laughing. He's like, I know, I know. <laughs> so uh, so we do the table read and then we do this seven week workshop and I'm thinking we're just gonna be around the table, like, you know, whatever. And then I realized that we're not. And so I'm looking for the other person that's gonna play my character. Cause I'm thinking, I'm narrating this show, but surely there's going to be someone else that's actually oh. going to do the action of it. You oh. know what I mean? Like, that's how it looked oh, wow. to me. And mm. that's how I read it. I was like, okay, I'll talk. And as I talk, this next scene will go into my other half playing my part and doing, you know, the dancing, the, the whole dancing thing. and all, and the singing. I'll just be doing the talking. <laughs> and they're like, no, <laughs> it's all you. And then I freaked out. I did. <laughs> I freaked all the way out. I was like, I don't dance. Because <laughs> I was like, no, please don't make me do this. And I freaked out. And then I'm like, yeah. And at the end of this, when we have our presentations, this is all off book. So I was like, now you want me to mm-hmm. memorize this entire show. Mm-hmm. And I'm in every scene. <laughs> I'm in never, every single never, scene. Never leave the stage. Was yeah. it one of those three-week workshops? It's a real yep. short three weeks. No, 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 no. It was longer. It was six. It was six weeks. Six weeks. Yeah, because it's still I short, couldn't do though. Very short. Well, we needed six weeks because there was, what, 24, 25 dance numbers? Oh, my God. Um, I think there's more than that. And I was in all of them. <laughs> and so it was, just a, it was a lot to, like, learn. And so, uh, yeah, so we did six or seven weeks there. Uh, we did our presentations for the producers and other pre- producers to get more money. And then we went to Berkeley. Um, and when we were in Berkeley, we were there for four months. Right. And the New York theaters came, the Schubert's came and all the people, Nederlanders mm-hmm. and all that. And everyone liked it. Um, but toward the end, um, we got a couple of offers for like theaters, um, but we couldn't logistically couldn't make it work because the creative team was going to work on another musical. Mm. And the one theater that said, you can do it, you just have to start next week. We would have had five days off and would have gone right into it. They couldn't do it because they were going to do another musical that next week. And because of that, we were put on a shelf for a year. And in that year, 2018, the, uh, a few other theaters came. They were like, you're not going to Broadway right now? Please come to our theater and do your show with us. And uh, the producers very smartly said, okay, well, we'll start and we'll build momentum that build way. interest, right. Yeah. And yeah. so we hit uh the kennedy center in dc uh the amerson in la and then we went to toronto and those three cities are huge temptation cities as well Mm. like they're huge hubs for temptations fans which is why they picked them um and each time we got to do it um it was a blessing for me i didn't want to the tour i was like now y'all gonna get another year of my life and i don't want to do that (laughs) no more tv because i'm on tour right and i don't want to do a tour and i was very against it i really was and but every time we did it i learned something new um every time we did it i had a different approach to what who otis was and you know when I first did it in Berkeley, it was like, you know, once upon a time, you know, and I was like, ah, this is not a once upon a time. So then mm-hmm. the next time, like I went real hard and real aggressive and I was like, okay, that's also not it. <laughs> so it was like, you had to find, I just kind of found the nuances of who he was and kind of how Dominique writes her characters and how she writes men. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was able to kind of uh, just find out who he was. So by Toronto, I was good to go. And mm-hmm. when we came to New York, 
there was no fear. I was like, I'm good. No Let's fear. Go. Yeah. You're confident. You're like ready wow. to roll. And that's such a stressful moment because you're like, here comes the New York times. They're coming All of them. for us, you know? Yeah. But if I'm very honest, this role was so big for me that I, I didn't have space to worry. Mm. I couldn't, I, mm. I couldn't worry about if I, if it were half, if I did half of that work, I would have freaked out every night <laughs> and I couldn't. I was like, you don't have time to freak out, man. You got to hit this, this show. If anyone else in that show had a bad show, they had a bad show. If I have a bad show, it's a bad show. And so I was like, you just don't have time. And there was no pressure. I didn't feel the pressure. I just was like, it's just too big to carry. And I can't worry about what someone's going to think about what I'm doing. Wow. Yeah. I, I wondered, with, because it is, it's a story about, you know, this, one of the most iconic bands of all time. Did you start to feel like a band? I mean, obviously, like, like you were, you know, there was a cast and you have the cast dynamics. You'd been through all of that before. We're like, you know, but like, did you guys... Did you get really close? Did you like, you know, um, kind of were, were people butting heads the way they do in bands? Like, did you, sure. guys start to, you yeah. know, did you start to feel like you were connected in that way? Yeah. Well, very early on, because you are working. I mean, the cast is, oh, I want to say about 19. Yeah. Um, but the five of us, um, we worked very closely together. Mm, right. And of the five of us, um, uh, uh, Three of us like really bonded in Berkeley. Um, and then after Berkeley, the rest of us kind of gravitated toward each other. Mm. And we knew that we had to kind of lean on each other uh, because right. it was just a lot. And because you're spending so much time with people, you will just inherently start to really connect with them. Mm. Um, I was fortunate enough in, with Ephraim. Ephraim is my little brother. And I've known Ephraim since 2008. I was there for his first Broadway show. Um, and like, he's, he's like right here under my arm. Like that's, that's my, that's my guy. And so we already had this wonderful bond and we're the best of friends. And so with him, I was like, I get to play with one of my best friends. We're good. Mm -hmm. um, so cool. Jeremy, uh, we kind of, we, me and, because Ephraim and Jeremy, like, they're like twins. And so people would mistake one for the other. And so I remember meeting Jeremy with Ephraim. We were at someone's Tony's party and Jeremy had just got the, the job. Um, and we just bonded immediately. Me and Jeremy had an immediate bond. He's a wonderful actor. Uh, uh, and then, you know, with James and Juwan, that just kind of happened organically. And then kind of all five of us kind of just built this this team and we just kept going yeah i just love it i love it and with that with that long i'm this is kind of one of my favorite questions just, just the, the secret to a long-running show like you you did that show for so long and mm -hmm. you've done a bunch of other other musicals for for long stretches of time yeah. how'd you keep your your mind right and also your body like how did you keep yeah yeah like, i mean dancing how'd that you way? stay on top of carrying the show on your back yeah well and all of that does energetically to you it's it honestly that show wiped me out it did and uh i left the show when i left the show i didn't renew my contract um and it just coincided with <laughs> the top of the pandemic right. it literally happened i a week later broadway shut down i was like thank god <laughs> <laughs> um uh i you know you have to stay in shape. You have. So I was in the gym all the time. 
um, just maintaining that. But uh, there's acupuncture, there's massage mm-hmm. therapists, um, there's vocal coaches. Um, you just have your team of people that just have to touch your body and kind of line you up. And um, right. every week, every Sunday or Monday, someone was dealing with my body. Um, yeah. I had to learn how to properly hydrate because when we were in Berkeley, um, I didn't, I wasn't hydrating correctly. And we'll get to the end of the show and my voice will be gone. And I was like, what am I doing? And I was like, it can't be that hard. And I figured, I was like, oh, what happens if you <laughs> actually drink water? And so then I, <laughs> so I figured it out. And uh, but it was a trial and error base, uh, trial and error the whole time. The whole time was just trial and error. And um, yeah, but it took a lot out of me. And for, to keep myself up uh, emotionally and mentally, uh, as an actor for me, I, I, I always play moment to moment. Mm. So, which is fun and sometimes not fun for other people <laughs> because yeah, you just don't a lot know of people what you're going to get. Some people are very rigid and they yeah. like, you know, I'm going to stand on 10. I'm going to say this line. I'm going to turn to the right that I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And because it's like so much, I didn't want to get in a, into a rut. And so I was like, well, I'm the leader of this thing. Uh, I'm going to set the tone of it. And the tone I want to set is organic. The tone I want to set is fresh. And so every day, whatever I was feeling, I would let myself do that. I would try different techniques and, um, okay, how do you want to be angry today? You know what I mean? Maybe today we're going to, we're going to, it's a smolder. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or maybe today it's going to be volcanic and you never knew. And I would catch people off guard so much. And I was like, guys, this is live theater let's live. Right. And, and mm. people were like, okay. And I was like, great. Because if I do this by the number, I will die. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to, I will literally die if I have to say, and then he sat the same way. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. So I allowed myself, I gave myself freedom and I took liberties within, of course, you know, the parameters of my character, because you have to honor your character. Um, but I just gave myself the freedom to live every night. And it, a couple of people who in this and on set, you know, they weren't used to it. And I was like, here's what I'm offering you. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, okay, let's go. I'm like, great. <laughs> and like, I, I have to say, bring up Jeremy again, Jeremy Pope, uh, one of my favorite actors I've ever worked with because we had the most, um, me and him had the most like back and forth mm, yeah. and it was just some really meaty stuff. And I would come at him today from the right. I would come at him from the left. And he was like, I got you. He's like, what else? What, what you got? And I'm like, yeah, it was like so much fun. And mm-hmm. it was like, just great when you can work with someone who's just very organic. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. I just, I loved that. And I had a really good time, really, really good time just with those guys in general, just, just having fun. And we have fun on stage. We, we really, really truly did. Mm. Oh, that's amazing. And I think that's a show amazing. like, like that, you know, people have a lot to say about the jukebox musical these days. And if yeah. you, with your approach to that kind of work, it elevates it away from something that could have been kind of machine like or, or, you know, too, too much formulaic. of something yeah too formulaic it became yeah. something so you're playing living people and if you bring that sense of reality to it then like it has that feeling like it's actually living like you are actually complex people as opposed to just you know we're gonna do the temptations now you know yeah you know i i think um and, and also this show is so big it is a machine right right and so it could very easily and it will 
listen, you can, you can run it like a machine, like a well-oiled machine. If you wanted to, people will come and see it, you know, but mm-hmm. as an artist, how do you allow yourself to grow, right? right. How do you allow yourself to uh, be inspired? How do you allow yourself to live and love what you do? And that's giving yourself the freedom to feel, right. you know, as opposed to like, just, I can say these lines. I mean, I really could. And we still would have been successful. But then what about me? And I'm selfish that yeah. way. I'm like, I want to grow. I want to grow as an artist. That's what I want to do, you know? Right. So I'm going to live today. I'm going to do something different today. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I was watching, you did this really cool um, roundtable interview for Broadway.com uh, with Michael James Scott and a, and a bunch of people. And, ah, yeah, and you okay. were talking, you, you had this... I wanted to just pick your brain about this. This you had a snippet of this that that I wanted to just dive into a little bit. You said that it's so hard to stay current with stories on stage because theater takes such a long time to create. Yes. And then you said that maybe we need to be writing stories that are five years ahead of their time, <laughs> so that by the time they get produced, they're, they're current. current. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and I just loved that. And I wanted to. I don't know if you like to write. I don't know if you have that that in you. But I just wondered if like what story you would want to write right now that, you know, we'll see five years from now on stage and it will be current then, you know, I, I I'm not so- a writer, but yeah. I, I have this idea. I don't know if I should say it here. Um, ah. I have this idea. Um, and I'll, 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 I'll try and, and hide a lot of it, but like uh, it actually starts um, where time does not exist and it starts at this round table and it starts with these heavenly beings i'm sitting around this table and uh a decision is made and once the decision is made time starts um and then it takes you through time and then it takes you past where we are and so like um i'm worried i'm it's it's, it's in my head it's in my head and i just got to get it down um, but I'm, I'm, I'm not confident in my writing. Mm. Um, and so I need to work with someone on that. Well, it sounds like we should try and help connect him with somebody. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm already in, I mean, like lights up on a, on a, on a, on people around a table. I mean, I just thought that was such, I lo- I want this idea to happen. It was such an eloquent thing that like, what do we want on stage that we have to get to work on now? So that right. it matches where we are, where we want right. to be. You know? I also think there are very there are people who are very good, very very good at kind of predicting like where we're headed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, I did this play off Broadway called "World Inside a Loop." Yep, and it was at Second Stage, and it was 
uh, one of the characters was Hillary Clinton and she was running for president. Mm. And this is before she ran for president. So it was just like, it's like kind of like, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, you just wanted to kind of follow it. And so some people are very, very good at like, there's another TV show kind of like that. And I feel like it's, it's, I wish I knew what it was called. It was set in England and it was about this. Yes. Um, what is that oh, show called? With, oh God! Uh, uh, the Russell end of the Tory. world. Um, yes. What um, is it called? I watched oh, the pilot of it, and it was like if Trump got uh, elected. Yes. yes. Oh my God! God. <laughs> I watched the pilot of that. That show and, is too much. And, and yeah. like in the second, the second episode, like the banks shut years down. And and I was years and like, years. Yes. Years and years. Years and years. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think you're <laughs> terrified how, how accurate. And but I think there are people out there. I think there are writers who have a pulse. Um, not just on current, you know, issues, but I think they were like, I feel like we're going to go in this direction. Mm. Those people are very excited to like, like, I wish I could be in their brains, you know, to kind of yeah. like see what they're doing. But I, 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 I do stand by what I said. I wish we could get ahead of ourselves, you know, to write something because it does take so long for theater to happen. Um, yeah. And rightly so, you know, you got to get the kinks out. And there's so many pieces that are fighting to get in to Broadway. Like, yeah. There were, thir- I want to say when we got our theater, I want to say there were 13 other shows that wanted to be on Broadway that year that right. didn't make it. Mm-hmm, right. And so it's like, it just, it takes forever. And you, sometimes you have to wait your turn and sometimes your turn never comes. And right. sometimes it comes before you're ready and like all that yeah. stuff. You just never know. Totally. Um, so there just, you know, speaking of Broadway and the return and all of this stuff, because things are starting to open and, and that's all kind of happened within the last few days. Mm-hmm. There's lots of groups obviously calling for major changes to happen in the industry. And we've talked about it on this show and, um, you know, Scott Rudin stepping down and, and all of the issues within the union. What, what role do you think we can and should play in the future of what happens? Do you think, you know, how are you feeling about the return? Are you looking for things to change before you get ready to step back onto a stage again? Uh, sure. Uh, well, Honestly, I'm hoping to step in front of a camera before I step on stage. Totally. Uh, but I, I would. That option is open, and I would for sure return to Broadway in another show. Um, I have to make sure that I am holding myself accountable first. Mm-hmm. And, and by that, I say, like, our union, I look at myself, and, and, and what I've been doing during this pandemic is making sure that I hold myself responsible kind of for my actions and for my behavior. Like I am where I am because of the choices that I make. Mm-hmm. And I have to be very honest and say that like, how many times have I actually voted for an equity council member? Right. How many times have I done that? Mm. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. if I haven't done that, if I'm not a great voter, I'm not voting for who's representing me. I can't really be angry if uh, they're not doing what I'm asking them to do. Because sure. I didn't even vote for them. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I have to first take on that responsibility. Now that I've done that, now that I have pledged to be a better, uh, uh, become more involved into in, in my uh, union, then I say, um, okay, now what is it that I want to happen? Um, I want more representation of people of color um, behind the table. Right. It's very, very important. Um, uh, is that going to happen when Broadway opens? Not immediately, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will absolutely continue to take uh, uh, make sure that steps are being taken that 
people are col of color are represented not just on stage, that they were represented off stage and in, in, in positions of power. Um, uh, because it's you can sympathize with someone or you can empathize with someone. And when it comes to like uh, trans women, trans actresses, I don't, I can't relate to that. I can only uh, sympathize with you because I believe that all actresses and actors be, uh, uh, should have representation, right? Mm -hmm. But it's different when you have a trans actress in a position of power who knows what being a trans actress is, mm -hmm. right? And so it's the same with all walks of life. It's the same with uh, people of color. It really is. It's the same with straight people. It's the same with gay people. It's like we mm -hmm. need representation. Representation, it matters. And we have to, can't, we just can't have the same type of person um, running everything without everyone right. having a say. And, and so I'm looking forward to kind of just a more equal, a more representative of what the community actually is um, behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm wanting to, I'm wanting us to, as a community, just to support each other in our endeavors and uh, not be so separate. Like I'm in this show and I'm in this show and I'm in this show. Um, mm -hmm. For me, a more community feel um, is always better than just our separateness. Mm. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm looking forward to having discussions just about race. And, mm -hmm. and these are very uncomfortable conversations, but you know, I have been the only black person in a, in a show. Mm -hmm. I know how that feels. I know how isolating that feels. Mm. Um, uh, I have, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I want to discuss that. I want to discuss, right. well, you know, I want to discuss those types of things. I think these conversations just need to happen. I want to know, you know, how you as white men feel about me as a black man in this theater, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I want to know, is there some, have you thought about like the effects of being the only black person or the token because sometimes it's either black or it's latino or it's asian it's always just one <laughs> you know what i mean and it's yeah. just like this is fiction if it's fiction <laughs> you right. know what i mean why right. is there one black person this makes no sense at all and i will have to say this like i did a show the little mermaid now that show is about a bunch of mermaids and fish <laughs> and yeah. disney did a wonderful job of having this diverse cast. There were 13 black people on there. Um, I can't remember how many Hispanic, I can't remember how many Asian Americans. And, and it was just like, the, the, uh, the director, Fran Francesca Zambella, who she came from the opera world, she was like, popular, she's a white woman. And she's like, uh, contrary to popular belief, the majority of people on this earth are not white. Right. Right. <laughs> and she was like, we're going to represent all of the colors. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And it's fiction. We because are under the fiction, sea. We, <laughs> anyone yeah. can play anything. Right. You know what I mean? And right. I just want people to kind of just open their minds a little bit. Um, some things are race specific, right? So like sure. mm, favorite, yeah. my favorite piece, Light in the Piazza. One of my mm. favorite musicals, set in Italy. 
So guess who's gonna guess what who should play it? An Italian. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like in Italian. Half of it's in Italian. You know right. what I mean? I'm not right. saying that black people can't play that because they're for sure are they're Moors, they're darker skinned people in Italy. But like there are certain things that are like racial. Like a white person should not play Otis Williams. He right. shouldn't. Right. Otis is black. <laughs> that's it yeah, right, you know yeah, what i yeah, mean totally and so there are very specific roles but like when you when you just open your mind a little bit open yeah. your mind a little bit um when it comes to telling these fictitious stories yeah and i and think like let's go ahead yeah, yeah i think that can really stretch itself too when we were we just spoke to ben sands uh, both of y'all's agents recently and he was talking about having being excited about conversations with cast and directors where he really pushes the boundaries on like could this character have a disability could this character not be uh the gender that you've identified it as could this you know all of those things i'm watching i just started watching mayor of east town which is unbelievable by the way when it started i was like i'm not totally sure about how i feel about this episode two i'm hooked they have like dan levy Levy just tweeted about it like i basically anything that dan levy says i just i'm like i agree with and so he he tweeted like he's mayor of east he just said mayor of east town is perfect end of tweet and i'm like okay i gotta start watching this now yeah well well, tell me about is it what is it on netflix it's on it's hbo HBO. uh it's a new hbo show and um kate winslet is the female lead caitlin Houlihan is on four episodes okay you know there's a, a character in the story who has Down syndrome. And I, I was just thinking, like, I wonder if that was specifically written f- at for a reason or if that was a casting choice. And that excited me. I was like, yeah. we never see this. And I, ho- I don't know if it's going to turn out to be crucial to the story that this character has Down syndrome. But if they don't, I think that's even better because then it's like, great, here's representation of a kind of character we don't see on TV just to have a greater representation of the kinds of people that there are in the world, you know? It's like totally a thing we have to figure out. The Oklahoma revival, like, you know, to say what you will about right. your take on that, you know, particular story, but the fact that it was all races, colors, creeds, and abilities, mm-hmm. and Ali Stroker goes out and wins a Tony Award. Right. And it's like, right. so So then, and she said, you know, gets up on stage and she's like, this is for, this is what representation matters means. You know, yes. this is, so somebody who wants to be a performer, but is it, but it happens to be wheelchair bound, can see themselves and know that their dreams do, do, are not limited, you know? Right? Yeah. Um, I, and I have to say, like, the privilege I have, and it's such a problem, trying not to get emotional about it, is I can't stress enough how important it is to see yourself on stage and mm-hmm. to know that that's possible. A, a younger Black man, a young boy will come up to me and say, I now know I can le- be a leading man mm-hmm. on stage, not just, in, not just a featured actor, we know we can do that, but I, I can actually see, oh, you can carry this show. I can now carry a show. You know, I, I mean, I have really good parents and, and they're good parents, they're good people. And, you know, my dad would always tell me, you know, you can be and do anything you want to be. But, and I believed him. I had the audacity to believe him. Mm-hmm. But when I saw Barack Obama, when the presidency, when I saw it, when I physically saw it, it turned something, it turned my heart around several times. And I said, oh, if I actually wanted to be president, I actually could do that. Mm. And it, it just, it, I, I, I can't, re- I can't, I can't describe that feeling of when it happened because it, I didn't know, I, I didn't know that I, part of me didn't really believe it. You know mm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right, I didn't right, know right. that. 
I didn't know until I saw it. And I was like, you didn't know you could do that, could you? (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) I actually can do that. I actually can be a leader of the free world. That's crazy. And so like in my own little way, um, a younger uh, black male or female um, can see me do what I do and say, I can actually do that. And it's a blessing to be able to show someone their dreams or show someone to dream bigger. Right. Oh, put it on a t-shirt. That's just, <laughs> well, and he's been sitting in front of this hope. Uh, it's a, this a, is, bill, that a, yeah. is that an Obama era? It's the funny painting, thing. It's not. Or is it just a so coincidence? I painted this uh, when I was in Memphis. Uh, I had surgery on my sinuses. Mm. But I kept getting sinus infections. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they went up in there, opened it up and uh, no nose job, I promise. And, and, <laughs> and I was like, just leave it. It's big. It's fine. <laughs> and uh, so while I was sick, um, I painted this and I, I didn't Gorgeous. know what to paint. And a friend of mine, she's in the show. And I was like, I think I'm going to do like an infinity sign over three canvases. She's like, Wah. and she's like, you know, what about a word? And I was like, what about love? And she's like, what about hope? And I was like, yes, <laughs> yeah. that's what I'll do. So I, I wish I could say it's inspired by him, but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe subconsciously in some way. I love maybe. it. Though. It's awesome. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I want that on my, I needed that on my wall the last year and a half. Oh right. man. Just to, you right. know, it must've been good to look It gives at. me good energy. It does. It gives good feng shui. Yeah. Well, that's um, one of the last questions. We'll let you go in a, in a second. We just, we cannot thank you enough for joining us for t- being so open and so just this was just such a wonderful conversation um we we have two questions th- that we ask people sort of at the end and this is uh the unreachable i call it the unreachable star question which is like okay. you know what do you see which is just like a tacky musical theater reference to don quixote but if you like what do you see down you know a million years in the future for yourself like what do you've pointed towards now goals for the goals for the future uh, I'll say what I see in my near future. Love it. Um, I see myself winning an Oscar award. Yes. Uh, Let's I, go. I see that. Um, I see myself getting great, great opportunities in film and television, um, in front of the camera as an actor. Uh, I also see myself, uh, if a movie kind of has, um, like a soundtrack, to also being on that soundtrack and maybe mm-hmm. writing music for that movie. Mm-hmm. So being kind of in the duality of both of those. Um, but I see myself kind of um, rising through the ranks. Um, and I don't think it will take long. I Let's think go. I'm going to foresee yes. that I get a wonderful opportunity that is going to just change my life. Um, and that's going to just propel me forward in, in my career and in my status as an actor um, and all that that comes with. Um, and, uh, you know, the fame is nice, but I think it's going to just afford me to do some really good work and just right. sink my teeth into I don't, I don't care about the fame part, right. um, but I, I, I care about just doing really, really, really good work and mm-hmm. comedies and dramas. Like I want to do all of it. And so I see myself doing all of that. Um, I see myself maybe, uh, uh, producing some and directing some and also working with some just very, very good writers and directors. And I, I, I see my, I see myself being like 
um, the Leonardo DiCaprio to the Martin Scorsese. You know how they work mm-hmm. all they work together all the time. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. can't wait to I can't wait to meet my director and 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 kind of like just mm-hmm. just do juggernaut movie over after juggernaut movie. <laughs> like like that's what I want. Um, I, awesome. I, I I also see that giving me the opportunity to kind of give back um, to a charity. Um, I want to work with children. Um, I want to find that cause that allows me to work with children. Mm. Um, and so that's, I think that's going to happen in the near future. I don't think that's a million years away. I think that's closer than I think. I love I that. love it. I'm inspired. That's how you make things <laughs> happen, too. folks. You just visualize them. You tell yourself they're going to happen because they yeah. are, and then they you are. do it. That's this living yes. proof right here. It will yeah. happen. We heard it here, folks. Work hard. I mean, literally, literally, Listen, we, we're, we we're will pretty, play we the clips pretty, back. <laughs> we will. We have a pretty good track record for this stuff because Robin, okay. Herder, Robin Herder came on the show last year. And she was like, I was. I asked her the same question. She was like, I yeah. want to be nominated for a Tony Award. And there you go. She's nominated for Moulin Rouge. So okay, she did. Well, Listen, get ready. Derek, I'm not telling you that it's a guys who like musicals thing, but it might be. <laughs> I, I'm here for it. No, we'll give you all the credit, but we will be like, he said it here first. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'll give you the credit. I'll, I'll give you the. Credit. I'm like I said it there. I said it there. Um, Derek, Amazing. thank you so much. Where in the world can people find you? Uh, what are your social media channels for people who are interested in following yeah, sure. along? Uh, Instagram is uh, Derek uh, D E R R I C K. Period. Baskin B A S K I N. So Derek Baskin. You can find me there. Twitter. It's just at Derek Baskin. Uh, those are the, the two that I'm really on. Mm-hmm. Not nice. really on everything else. Well, and Spotify, you re- you released a song. Oh, I am on Spotify. Yep. I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about Spotify. I am on Spotify. Derek Baskin on Spotify. Great. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. All right, well, man, thank this has you been a joy. so much for this. We are so, so grateful. And uh, we can't wait to see you on big screens and small screens. And Absolutely. Stages big stages and small stages, and stages wherever you want. It. Black yeah, boxes. Yep. Wherever no. God has me, that's where I'll be, man. <laughs> that's right, man. <laughs> Derek, thank you so much. This was just a joy. Thank you for listening to Guys Who Like Musicals. We are now part of the Broadway Podcast Network. Woo! We are hosted by Dan Tracy. That's you. And Joe Carroll. That's me. We're produced by Ryan Kincaid, and Matthew Mucha is the social content manager. You can find us on Instagram at Guys Who Like Musicals, on Twitter at Musical Guys, or the old-fashioned way at www.guyswholikemusicals.com. If you'd like a chance to be featured on the Ask the Guys segment of our show, please call 203-900-7990 and leave a message with your question. As always, thanks for listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together 
we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.